0: You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast.
1: As always, we kick off with how the markets have performed, and joining me is Senior Portfolio Manager at FNB Wealth and Investments, Wayne McCurry, uh, to take a look at some of the market movements throughout the day. Uh, good evening, Wayne. Always a pleasure speaking to you. Happy New Year to you. Uh, it looks like not such a good start to the year for uh, the local boss, but uh, we're still holding out hope that the rand is going to have a better year.
0: Well, I think the rand will have a better year, but. Yes, I do agree with you, obviously, the market has not done well this year so far. so, for all the joy and euphoria we had at the end of last year, on the back of the announcement by the Federal Reserve Bank in America that interest rates will more than likely fall, we've given a lot of that- of that money back unfortunately so far this year.
1: Wayne, you and I spoke about this uh, at length last year to say that this year for the RAND is going to be one of the strong years. We're seeing that a lot of factors, even though equity markets are laying off, a lot of factors seem to be lining up for a stronger RAND. We we are pricing in more interest rate cuts. We are pricing in that global conditions are stabilizing to a certain extent, and we're starting to see that evident in other markets. Have you been seeing that sort of translate into how uh, investors are perceiving equity markets at the moment? Well, look,
0: certainly a lot of investors do realize that when interest rates start to fall, the whole environment changes. And um, this sort of environment going forward is more favorably disposed towards emerging markets like South Africa. But, you know, this is not a short-term thing. This might be over a two-year period that we actually get the RAND appreciation and our mining shares doing much better, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, as long, you know, as much time as it took to go up interest rates, you know, it might take that amount of time to actually fall. And the effect on the market is not instantaneous.
1: Wayne, if we take a look at some of the uh, other equities across uh, the waters, I mean, if we look at uh, Asian markets, Sydney was up about a percent. Tokyo was up more than a percent. And they seem to be the only markets that have had a green day. I mean, I look at U.S. markets and they're even in the red uh, today. Is there uh, something that is driving Asian markets at this stage to have a bit of a a more positive impact? standpoint is there is there data points that might be pointing towards uh some form of gains within Asian markets? Actually
0: I haven't picked up anything. You know, sometimes markets, you know, move without any underlying rationale or any underlying reason for that movement. But all markets so far this year worldwide have been a little bit subdued. Mm. Suppose they're waiting for the inflation numbers or something to come out from the US. Mm. Or from some some big data point.
1: Mm. Speaking of those inflation numbers, Wayne, we've got US CPI on Thursday, but we've also got China CPI Friday morning, so a couple of hours after that. Do you think that these two, given that um, they are they were, I mean, China was the talk of the town from economic growth perspective the whole of last year, and they failed to deliver, and the US has been uh, the focal point from an interest rate conversation. Do you think these two CPI data points will set the tone for what? Is expected for the year?
0: Well let's hope so because let's hope they're both good numbers and actually then we will get some support for our market and we should see some upsides especially on commodity shares. But of course they can go anyway you know I think they're going to be good numbers simply if you look at what's happened to the oil price. The oil price has fallen quite significantly and uh, we hope that that actually holds.
1: And that oil price is quite interesting Wayne because Looking at the start of the year, I think sort of the last week of December, maybe the first week of January, that oil price was above $80. And yes. ever since markets have started to come back, I mean, obviously, investors and institutional um, traders haven't all come back to the office as yet. But since we started to see that return to office, you've seen that that oil price has gone right back to $75 and is struggling mm-hmm. to come back to $80. Do you think that this is something that, one, Saudi Arabia and the OPEC bloc will be concerned with? Um, throughout the year? And two, do you think it'll be something that will um, have an impact on everything else that happens throughout the year? I mean, we, we've already got supply chain disruptions in the form of uh, what's yes. happening in the Red Sea. But do you think that the oil price is going to still be such a big player um, or a big consideration going into 2024?
0: It will be, but it should it should behave the same as all other commodity prices. You know, they are subdued now, but they should go up over the, over this next year or two period.
1: But we're not going back towards $100, right? That That's not no, the ideal easily, situation.
0: No, it's not ideal, but it could easily happen. But lucky enough, it'll be compensated for by the platinum and the palladium and other commodity prices which benefit us going up.
1: Mm. In terms of the oil price going up, would now be a good time for... I mean, we've seen countries like China in the past at lower oil prices stock up on oil uh, reserves and just... It, increase their reserves in anticipation of uh, elevated prices in future would now be uh, a good time for some, a country like South Africa, which is a net importer of oil, to be looking at those sorts of conversations. I think we're just losing Wayne there. We're going to try and get him back on the line. While we do that, uh, let me give you a quick snapshot of some of the other movements that have been happening uh, throughout the day, some announcements that came through. Uh, We saw that uh, Moody's uh, reaffirmed the airports company of South Africa's outlook uh, as a stable and kept their uh, rating on uh, the bonds there uh, unchanged. And that's a very good thing uh, considering where the parastatals or state-owned entities have been uh, in South Africa and the performance of that uh, of late, we also saw there was an announcement from uh the transnet stable uh, they they put out a bid to help them with their operational uh concerns at the stage and obviously that is uh in line with ensuring that we don't experience the backlog that we saw uh, previously uh there was an announcement out of the escom stable, and that was quite an interesting one Escom announced that they were some new appointments to uh, the board. If you remember, ESCOM is going through that restructuring process uh, where they are aiming to uh, unbundle or separate ESCOM into three smaller divisions. And once they've uh, been able to do that, they're going to uh, set up the transmission, divi- uh, I think it's transmission generation and distribution uh, departments. And in line with that, there was an announcement that came through today following that briefing by um, the electricity minister, that there is a new board that has uh, been appointed for ESCOM. Uh, I believe it's for one of the divisions that... um will be coming up in the future. Uh, So those board announcements coming through today and some board members uh, being announced there. Um, And then we also got some interesting news out of Tongot. I had a look at uh, that announcement that came through today, and that's quite interesting because the Tongot vote goes through tomorrow. There is the vote, the business rescue vote, uh, in terms of the bidders that were there. If you remember, there were two bidders that were finalized or shortlisted um, for... Making offers to um, invest in Tongat or buy out Tongat as as it stands. And there was a company called uh, RGS, uh, which was a Mozambican based uh, agricultural uh, group that put in an offer for Tongat. And then there was also uh, the Vision Group, which was led by uh, or is being led by Robert Kumede, that's also put in a bid there. And those were the only two bidders that were interested in uh, the Tongat conversation. And there's a vote that was scheduled to take place tomorrow around that um, and that vote was set to decide which of these two bidders was going to um, effectively be the new buyer of uh, Tongat's assets. Uh, RGS had previously offered I think about 3.6 billion rand to the bankers uh, that were owed about 8 billion rand and they had put down uh, an offer of 500 million rand in working capital as well as uh, 400 million rand to the suppliers who were previously owed 2.6 billion rand. So uh, the bank bankers and the suppliers weren't offered full value of what they were owed, but there was an offer on the table. And we've now found out that RGS has pulled that offer, which means that the only remaining bidder interested in Tongat at the moment that has been shortlisted is the Vision Group. That vote is set to go ahead tomorrow. It has gone through some headaches and some uh, tribulations with uh, the vote previously being stopped and postponed in the past uh, couple of weeks. So we'll see if that vote goes through tomorrow, if we... Get to an end to this Tongat saga and uh, what that all means for Tongat's future.
0: You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM market update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.